You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the last bank holiday before Christmas. Autumn is on its way. It's back to work, back to school. But fortunately, we're back on track here at the British Athletics Championships in Birmingham. And we're waving goodbye to some big British medal hopes for the Worlds in Doha and saying goodbye to this famous stadium as renovation starts before the Commonwealth Games 2022. This is Anything But Footy, the unashamedly biased Olympic and Paralympic sport podcast. I'm John. And I'm Michael. It's been a wonderful weekend of sport. I'm not just talking about the cricket or the weather, but coming up inside the next half an hour or so, we will round up all the big stories from here at the British Championships. It's been a great weekend for Dina Asher-Smith. Another sprinter, Oji Udaburan, is also on that plane to Doha. We're hopefully going to be speaking to Adam Jamili very shortly as well. Plus, we've got interviews with Holly Bradshaw and Ailish McColgan. That's the good news. The bad news is injury concerns for Rhys Prescott and Laura Muir. Elsewhere in the world of Olympic and Paralympic sport, British sailors prove they're ready, steady for Tokyo. Paralympic paddler Charlotte Henshaw wins two golds at the World Canoe Sprint Championships, and British hockey still have to be there in 2020. And talking of big names, interviews, we'll also be speaking to four-time Olympic gold medalist on anything but footy laura kenny will be joining us and talking team gb and the nation's biggest sports day and maybe some more gold medals in tokyo it's an olympics you want to go and do your absolute best i hope that at the end of this four-year cycle um i'll be going just as well as i was at the end of the last four-year cycle now, if we miss your sport, tell us at anything but F on Twitter or message us on Insta and Facebook. Please share, like and rate us on iTunes or Spotify. We want to hear from you. Let's start where we are right now. And we're currently sat on a couple of deck chairs outside the Alexander Stadium. They're just packing up wraps and wedges away to my right hand side. Burgers and fries is 
over there as the well. The bins are quite full. Yeah, and the portaloos are just away to our left-hand side if you need a comfort break <laughs> at some point in the middle of the podcast. But, yeah, it's just been a glorious couple of days of athletics, blue skies, and a real good send-off for this stadium as well. And we mentioned Dina Asher-Smith, Dasher, as you like to call her, a brilliant performance in the 100 metres. Good to see, you know, she is a big hope for, for Britain at the Worlds and at Tokyo next year. Good to see her here at the British Championships. She could have easily gone to the Diamond League in Paris this weekend. She uh, broke her own championship record in a very windy Alexander Stadium on Saturday. 10.96 was a great record for time for her uh, and victory ahead of Asha Phillip who still needs a qualifying time if he's going to join Dina in Doha over the 100 metres. We assume Dina will go in the 200 metres uh, as well but we, she may not but we, we, we think that will be the case. She came ahead of Asha Phillip and Daryl Nita as well. Congratulations to her. To her. She really started these championships in f- flying fashion. And it's interesting you say that she was here and she chose to run here ahead of going to the Diamond League meeting. I do think, and having been here across the weekend and spoken to a few of the athletes, there has been, I think, just a little bit of a mindset change with some of the athletes because I think a few years ago, some of our leading names, the likes of Dean Asher-Smith, felt they didn't need to turn up here. And it's a question I'd like to put to Adam Jamelia if we get the opportunity, as we hope to talk to him in a bit. Um, why some of those big names feel the need to come, I certainly feel there's been a bit of a mindset change and they do now want to come and compete and, and make this the event it should be. Mm, absolutely, and we'll, we'll hear from Holly Bradshaw who said she wanted to be here as well later on in the podcast but the sprinters, as sometimes do dominate in these championships uh, a great performance in the men's 100 metres in fact, it was a, a, a dead heat Yeah, I mean, Oje Ereboran has done really, really well to qualify for Doha in a pretty stacked field, a first ever senior title beat Zarnel Hughes, Adam Jamili CJ Uja are in there as well you know, that 10.18 time that you mentioned awarded to all three medalists so we are literally talking again about the thickness of a vest aren't we when we talk about those 100 metre sprinters and it means there's a big decision for the selectors because Rhys Prescott is the fastest man or the, the reigning British champion he was before uh, um, yesterday in these championships and of course Zarnell Hughes is the fastest over nine uh, with 9.95 this year and he finished third but uh, Ebaduran and Jamili are going because that's what happens if you win the race and finish second and have a qualifying time you're going so a big decision but unfortunately it looks like Prescott is going to miss out yeah I think potentially though he might have missed out anyway with injury I mean there's certainly been a couple of stories in the news today about about Reese Prescott as well uh, with that injury a hamstring injury is a major doubt he started his season in fantastic fashion yeah, he did. Nine, 9.97 in, in Shanghai got injured in Oslo in the Diamond League it's interesting because he chose not to compete in the indoor uh, the indoor season to focus everything on that uh, outdoor season and it doesn't look like it's going to happen for him but I'm really pleased to say that Adam Jamili is coming to join us now we had hoped to get him on anything but footy and he joins us now on the podcast to talk about his success this weekend uh, well done to you Adam second in the 100 metres yesterday we were just discussing that and then a winner and you're on the plane for both in the 200 metres today well done yeah job done really got, got automatic qualifying for both the one and the two which was the aim uh, taking it out of sort of selectors hands because you never know it could go anyway with that but yeah so pleased it was just pure emotion and relief to, to cross that line I was really tired after the race I was really really exhausted but uh, yeah like I said to, to, to come here and, and book my spot for the one and the two it's 
it's the best feeling in the world so I can't complain and I guess now you're going to go to Doha double up on both 100% yeah I didn't just do the one and the two here for <laughs> for the banter no I had to come here and uh, that was the aim and like I said to, uh, to really come out and uh, get those automatic qualifying spots and I see my training partner Shara Proctor as well in the long jump did it so uh, we were the last two in our training group to sort of make the team this was our last our trials were the last one so we've done that so I can go back to my training group and, and the whole group's going to, to Doha which is uh, fantastic and for me like I said it's a culmination of such a, a few big struggling years to come here and, and run such a, a good time and uh, it puts me in good steep going forward yeah no fireworks this year I remember oh, the fireworks yeah. going off and your leg going off with them once. yeah that was a few that was 2015 first time running sub 10 and dipping for the line and yeah quite a nasty tear of my hamstring but uh, yeah nice to sort of come here come here and uh, yeah like I said just get the victory healthy happy no fireworks no pyrotechnics nothing like that so uh, yeah can't complain and two years ago mixed emotions in London with you know individually but then of course world champions absolutely world champion in the relay no one, no one can ever sort of take that away from you becoming a world champion and I was so grateful to be selected for that team as I hadn't really performed individually but I sort of put my head down worked hard in the relay camps and uh, luckily got selected for that ran a, ran, a, ran a decent leg and was part of the team that and that quartet that won gold and hopefully we can go and run even faster in Doha and defend our title and I believe any four guys that can get, that get picked can, can go and do that so really happy You've had the World Relays, you've had the Diamond League season. The, the World Championships is really late this year. Has that been a challenge? It has been a challenge, but it's also worked out quite well for me. Tearing my hamstring in the World Relay Championships in May, it gave me a lot longer to sort of rehab that and spend a lot more time making sure it doesn't become recurrent. And uh, I've done that. I'm back and fit and healthy. And like I said, yeah, this time, this time, any other year, I'll be, I'll be sort of winding, at, winding the season down, getting ready for a nice holiday. But yeah, we, everyone, it was the same for everyone in the world. Everyone knew the timetable, so we just literally adjusted everything. I'll take less of an off-season this year, getting ready for, for the Olympics as well. I'll probably take two weeks off and then get straight back into training. So uh, no, it's, uh, it's the same for everyone, really. So there's, we planned for it. Great to have you on anything awesome, but footy. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thank you. Adam Jamili, so often the bridesmaid, but uh, maybe, just maybe this year, he might be able to get a, uh, a world championship medal as an individual. Of course, he's a world champion, as he said, uh, in, the, yeah. uh, in the relay. And an all-round good guy. You know, he's, he's very well respected amongst the athletics, the track and field fraternity. The supporters love him. You know, he's done the usual selfie thing today. Interesting, of course, that... You know, he was the name that all the all the written journalists that were here today from The Guardian, The Daily Mail, The Times, The Sun, all the other newspapers, he was the one they wanted to speak to. When he crossed that line, I think as we, we were just talking there with Adam as he wanders off <laughs> looking at us, uh, you know, he punched the, the line as he went across it and they all said, well, that's it, we, we've got our story. They're trying to fit that story in with what's happened in the cricket. It's going to be difficult for them. But, you know, Adam Jamili has, has sorted that out for them as far as athletics is concerned. And we mentioned that Adam... You know, was here and competing and wanted to compete in front of a British crowd. So did Holly Bradshaw. She uh, reached her season's best uh, today with her performance in the pole vault and, and really won it quite comfortably. She has done so many times, uh, becoming British champion. And it followed on from a brilliant performance on the opening day of these championships with Harry Koppel uh, clearing 5.75 metres in the men's pole vault. It's a qualification for Doha and a personal best. And really great to see uh, two of uh, British athletes going to Doha and competing in the pole vault. I'm Holly Bradshaw. I'm the British record holder in the pole vault. And British champion once again. Yeah, I mean, 11th time, uh, 12th time, indoor and out, so pretty pleased to also jump season's best and a championship uh, best performance, so it's, it's been a pretty good day for me, yeah. 
and the British Championships mean a lot to you to come here because you have to wait a long time before it gets competitive and I think you won on your first jump yeah I mean it's always it's always similar it's I kind of open up and then win on my first jump so it's always kind of been that way and yeah it is difficult but also I I feel really lucky with the British fans and for me to miss an opportunity to jump in front of them in such a great atmosphere and uh, such a great stadium there's no way I'd miss that opportunity so although it's not ideal for a a great performance I love it and the 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 crowd get behind me and spur me on to a a good performance so I, I love it because it was the Diamond League in Paris last night. Yeah, exactly. I watched it with envy because Paris is obviously a great place to jump and the competition was really hot. But, you know, I was sat there thinking I'd rather be at the British Champs. You know, my mum, my dad, my grandma, my granddad, auntie, boy, uh, husband, everyone's here. And I get to go out for food with them now. And, yeah, I, I love being in front of home, a home crowd. And the last time, of course, the Alex Stander Stadium is as it is. It's going to... All the work for the Commonwealth Games starts now. Yeah, I mean, I had my first competition back here in 2010. Um, it's going to be a little sad, but I'm, I've seen the plans for what it's going to be like, and I'm so excited. Actually, I was I was thinking about maybe retiring after 2021, and then and then all of a sudden they said they announced the Commonwealth Games are in Birmingham. I was like, well, that's another year in the sport. I, I can't miss that opportunity. Holly Bradshaw speaking to us on anything but footy. This is the unashamed Olympic and Paralympic podcast, and we are talking to you from the British Athletics Championships at the Alexander Stadium today. Other people then on that plane, Andy Butchart, Mark Scott in the men's 5,000 metres. They are automatically there. Rosie Clark, uh, Elizabeth Bird in the steeplechase. Uh, should just mention Rosie Clark retained her title. Time of 9.46.66 as she beat Elizabeth Bird in what was a really exciting finish. Bird was just behind. Also, though, on the plane to the World Championships. Also, in the first day of competition, here, shot putter Sophie McKinnon won her first British outdoor title with a best throw of 17.97 metres to also secure her spot and a huge list probably too many John to go through have qualified today yeah uh, we mentioned of course Holly Bradshaw and Adam Jamili, but Ben Williams from the triple jump Callum Wilkinson in the walk uh, Morgan Lake in the high jump great to see her performing and she beat Katarina Johnson Thompson in the competition today uh, with uh, well, on count back so well done to her uh, Jess Turner uh, Megan Beasley 400 metre hurdles Zach Zeddon in the 3000 metre steeplechase Matthew Hudson Smith in the 400 metre men's yeah, just a fantastic list. You've got people like um, Nick Miller in the hammer thrower as qualified today, 400 metres. Uh, Lauren Nielsen, Emily Diamond. Great to see Jodie Williams back in amongst it after you know taking herself away. Uh, hopefully she's going to appear on a future episode of Anything But Footy. Beth Dobbin as well in the 200 metres. Neil Gowley, uh, Gully and Josh Kerr are both there as well. Interesting race, of course, for the women with Shalane Rossenkart and Lindsay Sharp both qualifying too. And a brilliant performance again from Ailish McColgan who we spoke to at the 10k in in Highgate a few weeks ago this was the 5k and she's on her way to Doha yeah obviously it's a it's a nice feeling come to your national champs you always know that you need to be in the the top two for qualification but deep down I mean you've always got one eye on on the British title and it's actually a title that I've missed <laughs> the last couple of years and um, because I've always set off too slow and then it's been a turned into like a 300 meter sprint and I was determined today to I suppose just use this as a, as a good training run as well. I mean, you train so hard at, at a set pace, so why come into a race and, and run slower than that? So, um, yeah, I wanted a good hard run out today. I probably went a little bit too hard considering it was 30 degrees and, and blown a gale down the home straight. So, um, yeah, maybe a little bit, went off a little bit too hard. Um, didn't probably respect the conditions enough, but, yeah, I still came away with the win today, so I can't, I can't complain too much. Everyone knows Doha's going to be hot, of course. Does that come into your thinking today that this is a hot day 
okay, so this is maybe just an opportunity to tweak something? Yeah, do you know what? In, in Doha, it's actually probably not going to be as, as hot as this because it's an air-conditioned stadium. So um, we, I definitely wasn't prepared for the heat today, that's for sure. Um, I think it would be good having a little bit of a cooler stadium as well. And also it's in the evening, so it's not direct sunlight today was just direct sunlight and honestly around about 3k I remember thinking right I'm starting to fall off pace here a little bit more than I would have liked to Um, I I did yeah slow quite a bit in that middle section but I mean everyone slowed so I think um, yeah we maybe didn't respect the conditions well enough but it's put me in a good position now that at least I know worst comes to worst if it is 30 degrees then I've, I've already raced in it so I'll, I'll be prepared and you had a huge lead over the rest of the field as you said part of the plan today was to go off and run at that time how important then is this Birmingham crowd and the support that you get when you're out there on your own doing it the hard way yeah do you know what? it's a little scary 600 ago I was thinking I don't know if I'm going to drop out or I'm going to win <laughs> I feel like it's one or the other and I don't know if I'll make it but the crowd was so good and I think when you've you're almost I was running scared you know the last 600 I'm thinking oh god Jimmy I've got this far don't lose it now that's always what's going through your mind and my mum's actually flown over for the day as well so my mum was here my boyfriend's here I know my dad will be going crazy at the TV as well and our plan from the start was to go off hard and see what I could do so yeah it was I knew that they would just be going nuts if I was starting to get caught they'd be screaming at me and shouting to go faster so um yeah it's nice to be on home like British soil competing in front of a British crowd it, it makes a big difference Anish McColgan is actually qualified for the World Championships in the 1500, <laughs> the 5000 and the 10,000 metres. She's basically let her sit beside the pilot. And she's going to talk to mum. Yeah, and she's going to talk to mum and then she will decide what she's going to do. As ever though, in the world of athletics, a great event is clouded again by another big drug story. And it is a big drug story. It's a massive drug story. Uh, Christian Coleman, the American silver medalist in the 100 metres from London 2017, he's the one that many have anointed as the successor to Usain Bolt. But he's been charged this weekend by the American authorities under anti-doping rules. Not for failing a test, we should point that out, but for missing three tests. Now, the 23-year-old has said he doesn't take any substance. He's hoping to clear his name at a hearing, which we understand will be on the 4th of September. The Americans will then make their decision the next day but he was a a real yeah. a real standout potential performer in Doha and depending on how that hearing goes on the 4th of September and you know let's remember and go back to Rio we had this situation with Lizzie Armitstead and she was able to prove of course that you know one of her supposed missed tests was because the procedures weren't right, right. and that could happen here with Christian Coleman he's not automatically going to be found guilty here he might get the opportunity there might have been a protocol that wasn't followed but with- Christine Haruga who, of course, missed a whole year yep. in 2006. And Christian Coleman could miss a year too. We'll just have to wait, and it's difficult to, to second-guess without knowing the details. It's just a shame, as I say, that we are here talking about you know good British athletics performances. You know, We talked about Katerina Johnson-Thompson, Adam Jamili, we talked about Dina Rasher-Smith, all potential medal hopes. But again, one of the stories that's going to dominate, and unfortunately that's the way it is, is going to be the Christian Coleman thing, and it will rumble on now till September the 4th. This is the Anything But Footy podcast. I'm John, he's Michael. We are talking all things Olympic and Paralympic, and we have an Olympic great with us before the end of the show, uh, Laura Kenny. So stay with us for that in the next half an hour or so. Um, Looking elsewhere... 
the sport continues. This yeah. is why we're here week in, week out. The 74th uh, Vuelta a España is underway in cycling until mid-September. It's a three-week event around Spain. It's the last Grand Tour event of the season, and Britain's Simon Yates, of course, won it last year. I can't see a cloud in the sky here in Birmingham at the moment. It's been an absolutely glorious day. We've both got the legs out, we've both got shorts on, we've both got polo shirts, so let's talk snowboarding. Yeah, well done to Katie Ormerod, who's won silver in her first World Cup appearance for almost two years in the Big Air Snowboard event in New Zealand. Uh, she broke a hill, you'll remember, very sadly on the eve of the Winter Olympics in 2018. She's on the comeback trail, start of her season, and a silver medal. Ready, steady, Tokyo was a huge event, Michael. So you did there. <laughs> thanks. Uh, it wasn't my idea. <laughs> um, ahead of the Olympics next summer, it's a test event in Inoshima in Japan, the venue for the sailing event for the Olympics. And as usual, there was no wind. <laughs> well, there was some and some great racing and a really strong performance uh, from the British guys, following on from the World Championships over the summer. But how disappointing that there was a lack of wind for Giles Scott, the Olympic champion, uh, which meant he finished bronze in the fin class and your mate Hannah Mills uh, <laughs> Hi, Hannah. <laughs> you know fellow Olympic champion world champion this summer as well with new partner Ailey McIntyre they were a point off the women's 470 and unfortunately because of the conditions or lack of them they had to settle this time for silver Giles for bronze and that is an issue but it was an issue in Weymouth and it was an issue in, in Rio I remember being in Rio with you and we waited around for a whole day yep. doing nothing and it's interesting what Giles Scott was saying you know he's that obviously it's very disappointing that he didn't get the chance to race and improve on that third position but that's part of it that you know that's if you're going to be a professional sailor at olympic level unfortunately you're going to have to deal with things like that what's the alternative we start building expensive wind machines at sailing venues you can't do that at weymouth you can't do that at the uh, gloria marina in rio can you you can't just you know, the Olympics are expensive enough as it is. You can't put a couple of wind turbines up. You know, the conditions is, is a factor and it's something those sailors will have to deal with. They'll ultimately learn ahead of, of next year that perhaps need to go big and go early, maybe. Dylan Fletcher and Stuart Bithell also won silver in the 49er class. Charlotte Dobson and Saskia Tiddy uh, also a bronze in the 49er FX. But here's a really interesting story. Yeah, really in the, interesting. In the NACRA 17 class. What's going to happen here? <laughs> so John Gibson and Anna Burnett are the silver medalists in this event, test event in Tokyo. Uh, because they were, British Sailing uh, were allowed to enter two teams, they did, and Ben Saxton and Nicky Boniface took bronze in that as well and you think well this is great we've yep. got a, we've got a silver and a bronze however they can only put one british crew in for tokyo 2020 for the olympics and you just think uh, again going back like we're here today at the athletics the selectors have a huge decision between these two pairs and again it's it's something and it's been an issue in sailing you look at someone like giles scott who was the olympic champion in rio in the fin class he might have three or four olympic medals in his pocket if it wasn't for sir ben ainsley because sir ben ainsley was in the fin class as well ben ainsley was the best sailor in the world the second best sailor in the world was giles scott but Great Britain could only send one to the Olympic Games, and that's why Giles Scott had to wait his turn. Big, big issue, as you say, for John Gibson, Anna Burnett, Ben Saxton, Nicky Boniface. They'll all be playing the waiting game. Yeah, they have to pick them at some point. They're still going through their selection process, uh, British Sailing tell us. So at the moment, they don't have to make that decision, but I don't envy that decision. Yeah, and staying on the water, of course, we've had the World Canoe Sprint Championships in Hungary. We've had a para event going on as well, alongside that as well. And, you know, talking about selections, the 
the paracanoists have done fantastically well. They've they've qualified seven out of the nine for the Paralympics in Tokyo. I think it was six medals over the course of the week as well. And there's been some fantastic performances, you know, in Hungary by our canoeists. So I really think, and we kind of said this on our Tokyo 2020 summer special that we did, I really do think British canoeing, are one of the great stories in in British Olympic and Paralympic sport at the minute, across both Olympic and Paralympics, as, as we just mentioned, and not enough people know about it. You know, there's 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 not been the headlines that there should have been about some of the performances we've seen this week. Big shout out to Charlotte Henshaw. She won two of the three Hi, golds uh, that uh, the uh, the British uh, team got in the Paralympic event. She's a former Paralympic swimmer. Uh, she was named by the IPC this week as a one to watch before Tokyo. It's a year away, the Paralympics in Tokyo. She's a fan of the podcast. Yeah, that's why I said hi, Charlotte, because we know she listens. <laughs> <laughs> and the two-time Paralympic swimmer, reigning world canoe sprint champion. It's her third season in the event, and 2019 just keeps getting better and better. Double world champion in the KL2 and VL3, adding to her first European Championship title and a World Cup victory. I mean, this is this is great performance. And you've got people like Laura Sugar as well, who was you know racing here. She was an athlete before. And she's switched across to canoeing. She's a relative newcomer, and she's picked up a silver medal. You give her another year to the Paralympics now, and, and you're looking at a huge return for those para-canoeists. And we should mention as well, in the Olympics, Liam Heath, who we know from Rio, gold medalist there, world champion. He took a year off after becoming a dad. Three times an Olympic medalist, gold in Rio, as we know. He's qualified for, well, he hasn't qualified, he's qualified GB, a quota place, as they call it, uh, for Tokyo as well. So well done, Liam. Congratulations to all of them. We're going to talk hockey, we're going to talk badminton, bouldering and Laura Kenny before the end of the podcast. But we have some big news from the world of eventing. Yeah, congratulations to Ben Mayer, Scott Brash, Holly Smith, Amanda Derbyshire, all uh, taking part in the European Championship team event. Uh, they finished third again. That meant that uh, GB qualified a place for Tokyo. Uh, May are doing fantastically well in the individual event as well. And Sophie Wells on Fatal Attraction as well in the Parrot Equestrian, uh, Silver in the Dressage. So, yeah, good a good week for our equestrian stars too. Absolutely. The British men and women hockey teams still have to qualify for the Olympics, though, next summer. England women got back to some kind of form at the Euro Hockey Championships in Belgium before being trounced 8-0 by the Netherlands as uh, of course they beat GB famously or GB beat them famously in Rio in the final uh, in 2016 goalkeeper Maddie Hinch described that result as one of the worst ever of her hockey career which is uh, understandable England nearly bounced back in the bronze match playoff uh, they lost out in a shootout to Spain 3-2 after it finished 1-1 to finish fourth the men ended fifth after a 3-0 win over Scotland avoiding relegation but both British men and women will now play in the two-legged Olympic qualifier on home soil in October and November. So a huge task ahead for the hockey. And we're sat outside the Alexander Stadium at the moment where the British Athletics Championships has taken place, which will be the final event before this stadium is redeveloped ahead of the 2022 Commonwealth Games. Have you got a sledgehammer? Well, I was just thinking that was a JCV that was moving in pretty quickly. (laughs) Uh, Just some badminton news as well on anything but footy, and we'll have to hurry through some of these because we've got Laura Kenny to speak to very soon, a four-time Olympic gold medalist. Well done to Rachel Chung, who's won her third third 
uh, world badminton title, but she will not be able to compete at the Paralympics because her classification has not been included. Uh, we should say happy retirement to Rajiv Usef, who has retired after losing in his event. Uh, out in the mixed doubles in Switzerland at the third round stage, both Marcus Ellis and Lauren Smith and Chris and Gabby Adcock. And one other piece of news as well from the world of Olympic and Paralympic sport on anything but footy. Congratulations to Shauna Coxie as well, who's won a couple of medals in the World Championships, which are taking place in Japan. In the combined, she won a bronze. There's three different disciplines in that. That has secured Team GB a place. She also won the bronze in the bouldering category as well. So well done to Shauna Coxie. Now, we've promised you Laura Kenny, so let's hear from her. She's been promoting a, a Team GB event. Yeah, a really good event as well from Team GB. They've called it the nation's biggest sports day. It's been taking place across this August Bank holiday weekend, and the initiative is basically to get people out running, walking, cycling, dancing. There's been archery, squash, bowls. There's been yoga. There's been keep fit as well. And they've had Olympic medalists that we know, people like Kat Copeland, Goldie Sayers, Amy Tinkler, Bryony Page, all supporting the events. And Laura Kenny was at one of the events, four-time an Olympic gold medalist, of course. And she spoke to anything but footy and told us how important getting involved, getting active and participating is. For me, growing up, um, we did cycling and it was a really like family-based thing. And then not only that was that, we, we then joined our local club and it became this social environment and something that I really enjoyed the buzz of. Like, you're all there, you, you've all got the same kind of um, experiences then, I guess. Um, you're all in it together and it's just a real nice feeling. I mean, with this event as well, they're bringing back the Games Makers, which was obviously the 2012 slogan for the volunteers that were there helping and I think the um, atmosphere and you know the buzz that they brought to the Olympics was absolutely unbelievable and it couldn't have been done without them Mm. so to bring people like that back as well it does really draw people together and bring everybody in and it's that kind of environment that is just such a nice feeling to be part of British public honestly are absolutely unbelievable well put it this way when when we went to London 2012 everybody said it won't be the same again like when you go to Rio don't expect the atmosphere to be the same because you know there won't be as many supporters out there it was absolutely unbelievable in Rio the amount of people that flew out there and it wasn't even just people to watch it was the volunteers again um like so many of them were British I remember actually when I crossed the finish line I came off the track and you ride down the ramp to get off and this lady came straight up over to me and I was thinking oh like what's this going to be about and it was just because she'd been in London too and she just wanted to congratulate me and the feeling like because it wasn't just the fact she wanted to come say well done to me the feeling I got from her as well was just unreal like it was just such a it just felt like we were all in it together I mean everyone can dream can't they Um, and I never would like to talk about medals and you know winning races but when you enter an event you obviously want to win a race you know Um, I mean the biggest thing for me the biggest hurdle I suppose is the fact that I've actually got qualified still so it's funny when people are like oh what are your hopes because I mean initially just to get selected (laughs) Um, because like the biggest competition for us comes within uh, the Great Britain cycling team Um, and then obviously after that it's an Olympics you want to go and do your absolute best I hope that at the end of this four year cycle um, I'll be going just as well as I was at the end of the last four year cycle so Laura Kenny talking about Team GB's nation's biggest sports day and what I loved about that Michael is A she talks about the games makers and the volunteers a huge legacy from London 2012 um, and 
the fact that she wants to go to Tokyo and do what she did in London and Rio. Yeah. So that is win gold medals. And she could, of course, as we mentioned in our special preview for 2020, win three with the Madison event being entered as well. She needs to qualify first, though, as she very sensibly made the point to us there when she was speaking to us on Anything But Footy, your unashamed Olympic and Paralympic podcast. Now, if we miss your sport, do tell us. We're on Twitter at anythingbutf. We're happy to hear from you. You can message us on Instagram, on Facebook as well. Please share, like, rate us on iTunes or Spotify. You can always drop us an email as well, anythingbutfooty at gmail.com, because we want to hear from you. And the summer can sometimes be a time for reflection, a time to reset, a time to rest and recuperate. But with the Olympic and Paralympics now less than a year away, for many British athletes, it's time to focus. Week in, week out. And we're all back on track for Tokyo. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.